Welcome to the new school. What we wanted to do was talk about the concept of authenticity and vulnerability in an industry that has typically been super buttoned up, super professional, and a little bit old school. Hello, and welcome to episode number 24 of the New School Video Podcast. My name is Candace Carlton, and I'm the head of advisor education at FICOM Partners. I'm joined by my co-host, who is the CEO of FICOM Partners. So if you've been paying attention to the RA landscape, you know almost everyone has taken on private equity money or they're setting themselves up to be acquired and there's a lot of consolidation and benefit around joining these bigger firms for more resources. It's very rare to find an RA that's made the conscious decision not to do that. And Killpoint Advisors is one of those firms. They're headquartered in Huntsville, Alabama, but they have offices across the country. And we had the opportunity to have on Steve Skanke, who's their chief economic advisor. You might've seen him on Bloomberg or CNBC. He also served in the treasury over two presidential administrations, as well as Mike Perry, who is their president. In this episode, they share the impact of that decision, how it's allowed them to be really thoughtful in succession planning, as well as really conscientious around training what they call their next gen of advisors, who they really see as the future of Keelpoint, and how they view, model, and really share the ethos of the required emotional intelligence to serve not only the client of today, but the client of the future. I think you're really going to dig this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New School Video Podcast. We are super excited because in this episode, we have Mike Perry, the president of Keelpoint, as well as Steve Skanky, chief economic advisor of Keelpoint. And the reason we wanted to have both of you on, you're, you know, a $3 billion RAA, you do a lot of interesting and diverse things for your clients. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about that. But I think what really distinguishes you and what we've noticed is you are really thinking about the long term of Kill Point. I see a lot of development in your people, a lot of redefining wealth, and it doesn't feel like you're in the race to be acquired, you know, like there's a big consolidation play right now. It feels like you have a very long-term vision versus short-term vision. And what's showing up as we, as we watch what you do and we're able to participate in some of it is we see a lot of heart in that. So Mike, I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about that and set the stage for who Keelpoint is and what your real focus and values are. Well, first of all, thank you all for having us. And uh, yes, we are um, really excited about uh, the future at Keelpoint and really what's going on in the industry. I mean, there is a uh, massive, uh, there's a really a seismic shift that's going on. Um, just in the last five years, there's been about 27 private equity firms that have entered into the space. Uh, and, and it's a crowded space. There are 18,000 RIAs out there. 
And so there is a lot of consolidation that's going on. And we have elected not to participate in the private equity side. And we feel like we wanna be a legacy firm going forward. And our vision is really to pass the firm on to the next generation of leaders uh, that, we, that we have already and developing in our firm. We currently have about 85 members of the team uh, we work in four major sectors. We work at what we call private client, which is families from 100,000 to 20 million. We also have a multifamily office where we have about 35 families that we work with that are ultra high net worth. And I define ultra high net worth as families with uh, 50 million or more in assets. And we become their family office. Uh, they're quite usually not quite big enough to be a single family office. Uh, so we help them with all the needs that they have. In addition to that, we do some work in the institutional space, as well as we do um, some work in corporate benefits and, and retirement as well. So we're really excited about staying out of the, the race to, to grow from the private equity side. Uh, and we see a, a lot of um, value in doing that and kind of being our own, own firm. I have to imagine, Mike, that that takes quite a bit of discipline because we know in this space how hot it is. As you mentioned, it's noisy, it's crowded. There's so much capital flooding into this market. I have to assume that your phone rings often, right? So it ha that has to just take discipline because we're all humans, right? We all have like our own personal considerations, professional considerations. So when you get those calls, like what do you center back on every time that just reminds you like, doesn't matter, you know, what multiple they're throwing at me? Like, what do you sort of center back in on? Is it your people? Is it really the vision and the values? Is it all of the above? Like what goes your, through your head when you get those calls? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. It's an easy question to answer. So um, the three principles uh, of the firm, Dave Parks was really the founder of Keel Point, And then uh, Robert Mays, our CEO, um, we all sat down early on when we emerged the firm uh, seven years ago and said, you know, somebody gave us a break along the way 20, 30, 40 years ago. And we really wanted to pass that on. And that's why we made a decision. We want to raise up the next generation and carry the legacy of the firm far beyond when we're here. And that really kind of keeps us centered and, you know, because we see all kinds of numbers coming in and they're very attractive. And we feel like we're a growing company. We'd be a very attractive company for lots of people out there, but we've just decided to stay out of that space for, at this time. That's incredible because I can't, I, you know, I'm a business owner myself. So I know like that you get tugged on from every angle, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, and you know, you're, you're giving up, you, you know, there are big dollars put, put in front of you. And, but right. we, we feel like that it's, it's so important to, to do something a little different and to be a, a, a renegade in this business in some ways. I know, you know, I think what's really exciting for the listeners is that Mike, well, at least for me, I don't know if it's for the listeners, maybe to hear about this is Mike, Steve, we had um, a whole team of your advisors come through our video workshop. And what I really noticed was how much you all support each other. 
Like there's a level of respect, camaraderie, real listening. And Steve, from you specifically, you have this very accomplished tenured career, which I'd love for you just to give a highlight, to tell everyone about that spending time in treasury through two um, administrations and some of your work around that. You're, you're on all these, you know, Bloomberg and all these spotlights as the economic advisor giving updates. And what I really noticed from you, Steve, with these younger advisors is they, they have this wild respect for you. And even given all your accomplishments, all your experiences, you were able to hold space to really listen to them, to really validate them. And that's kind of rare in an investment professional, especially CFA type, you know, realm. That's always a skill that I know they're actively working on. How have you been able to develop that through all of your experience? So that was a lot of questions all in one. <laughs> I think it's easy to uh, address that, uh, Candice, by, by just going back to the beginning. I was lucky enough to get hired to work for Henry Kissinger on the National Security Council staff at the White House in 19. 69. Uh, and uh, uh, it was an awesome experience. I learned a lot. But what I learned very quickly is that I was surrounded by uh, really bright people. And uh, uh, to learn and participate, uh, uh, to understand what active listening is about, really is critical. Uh, you can see a lot of people come and go, uh, particularly at the White House, uh, with, with mixed results. But the ones who, who succeed really are the ones who listen, understand, and then reply in a way that's not only intelligent, but also helpful. And, uh, you know, I, I've, just, I've just carried that uh, through. Uh, whether I'm an adjunct professor of economics and international affairs, or at the Treasury, or, or back at the White House and the Reagan administration, on the economic policy side of things, as opposed to national security, uh, it, it truly is about listening. Uh, and, and my experience is that uh, today, with uh, our advisors, our clients, our, our, our vendors, our managers, that uh, you can always give a better, more helpful response by careful listening, uh, before you speak. One of the other things uh, that's also true about the younger generation, and I know that you see this in your podcasts and the people that you have on, uh, is that to attract folks like uh, Keel Point is trying to attract and, and that Mike and uh, the leadership team are, are trying to build into Keel Point, they need to have a sense that they are valued. Uh, People feel valued uh, when they're listened to, uh, when people care about what they think, uh, what their, particularly what their concerns are. Hard to care for someone if you uh, don't listen and understand what their concerns are. And so that's part of, uh, of building this. And it's also part of inculcating, I'll just say a culture of active listening that, uh, translates through to uh, our clients feeling that we care for them, which is one of our core values, and uh, uh, builds the sort of client-based relationship uh, uh, organization that we want to have at Keel Point. We, we, we want to have clients who 
care for others as we care for them. I feel like I'm listening to like the Mr. Rogers of our industry. Like, <laughs> so wise. <laughs> I just want to sit here all day and just listen. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like you both talked about, you know, um, being given a chance or catching a break and like wanting to pass that on to this next generation of advisors. And I think what I've observed about Keel Point, which Candace hinted on early on, is just like the true heart generosity, kindness that you bring to everybody within your community, which includes our team at FICOM. We're very proud to be part of your community. And people on our team are very moved and impacted by the work that they're able to do with Kill Point because you sort of let them in and you let them experience it with you, which is incredibly meaningful for an agency like FICOM. And I think that when we concepted the new school, for us, it's really, it's a mindset. It's about bringing vulnerability and authenticity. And so when we met Keel Point, it was like the synergies were just already there. We believe that it's a mindset that can be learned, right? So if you have demonstration and leadership and people at the top that are demonstrating the power of active listening and being human and real and and having a kind heart like those things can be learned so when you're thinking about bringing new advisors in to the kill point community is that something that you screen for sort of in your recruiting process or is it part of your professional development and training to really indoctrinate them into sort of your ethos and and how that translates into your both sort of I would say like advisor and client experience? I would say that it's both, but uh, the screening is a very important process and, and part of what we have uh, developed over the last um, seven years uh, is we adopted a, a management system called EOS, which stands for Entrepreneurial Operating Systems. And EOS is a management overlay system that promotes three things. It promotes transparency, accountability, and it gives everybody a seat at the table. And for us, that has been really a game changer. Because one of the real focuses of EOS is to really uh, talk about and live out your core values. And that is what we talk about all the time. And, and basically, if you're not living the core values, it's probably not a good place for you to be. Um, and so our core values are can-do spirit, collaborative team player, seeks excellence, humbly confident, and cares for others. And those are the attributes that we really look for. And those are the attributes that everybody in the organization from leadership on down have to aspire to. So when we're looking for advisors, um, we also know through experience um, that there are basically the three things that three or four things that advisors want. And, And Steve touched on it. They want to be heard. They want to be part of the conversation. In fact, we found some of the best ideas that we have ever had have come from advisors. Uh, I'll give you a great example. An advisor came to us a year ago and said, "Um, I see a real need out there for our firm to take on this this thing called personal or daily money management. I've got a lot of widows and widowers and 
executives that are saying, I don't want to pay my bills. I don't want to deal with insurance. I don't want to reconcile my credit card. So we went through a whole process, figured it out, and we're launching that program next month. Mm. Um, the other thing is we found that advisors really feel isolated. Advisors are lonely, they're isolated a lot. So we really try to build into the culture a collaborative team environment that uh, really will help them help each other and that we can celebrate each other's success. Um, and we can be just as excited about one person's success as we are with our own success. And the third thing is being a financial advisor is a really hard job. It's a really hard job. And we feel like we've got to recognize the work that the advisors are doing in changing the lives and helping the lives and the families that they're working in. And so advisors read that, need that recognition. So those three things together, I think, are really helpful in us kind of building the esprit de corps within the firm. How do you build that collaborative environment, especially during these times? You know, I know obviously we're coming, whatever, I don't know, we're coming out of COVID, but we're like, we're evolving into the new era. So how do you continue to build a collaborative environment? What does that look like? Well, thank goodness for Zoom, because yeah. I mean, uh, the way we've done it is um, uh, we, we did it all through COVID with Zoom. And by the way, Zoom is here to stay. Mm. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a new paradigm that we all are now getting used to. And I don't think it'll go back totally back to one-on-one, -on -one. but, um, we really set a cadence in meetings and getting together. Um, we did it through zoom and then we do lots of activity, both internally and externally where we're bringing the team together, whether it's client events, which we're now getting back into, or whether it's just events for the advisors so they can collaborate. Every week, the advisors are getting together. They have a weekly meeting that they get together for an hour a week that's led by our chief business development officer. And we really think that has a huge impact over time. I love how you really demonstrate what you believe in. So it's not just like we believe these things. You have active structures to support you in achieving them. And even as I think about being part of a 3 billion RA, I think I started my career at a 3 billion RA, but without the intention to sell, it feels like there's like a calmness there. You know what I'm saying? You can just like your nervous system can like relax a little bit. Steve, how does that translate to the conversations that you're able to facilitate with all of Keelpoint's advisors and clients when there's turbulent market conditions or when we have, for example, the situation in Ukraine? Like, how is your perspective different, you know, beyond just hold for long term, because that's something easy to say, but how to frame that conversation in active listening with all the knowledge that you have, all the experience that you have and like what you see for the future. It's, uh, it's not easy, particularly as the times become particularly turbulent. Uh, you know, one of the things that's changed over the last 40 years, uh, uh, really since uh, 1990 is the almost 24 seven barrage of information. Uh, some of it's relevant, some of it's not, some of it's uh, 
uh, over-sensationalized, some of it's understated, uh, but there's so much coming at us uh, that it's easy to become overwhelmed, not be able to discern what's relevant, what's not, uh, understand what makes a difference to us and, uh, and what does not. And uh, I, I think that one of the uh, big gifts that we give to our clients through our advisors is to think holistically about the investment environment. What are we here to do? Uh, it's to help people achieve life goals where those life goals intersect with wealth. It's to be able to help sort through that barrage of information uh, and remind them what matters and, uh, and what really does not. Uh, and it's interestingly, what's particularly hard right now is, you know, 2019, the S&P was up 30 plus percent, 2020, even with down 34% in the middle of the year, it still ended up uh, uh, about 18. And then last year, 2021, uh, again, up 28%. And, and so, you know, we, we start the year um, up for a couple of days, and, and, and then we were, we were down as much as uh, 14, 15%. Uh, it's, it's so easy to forget that markets go up and down. Over the long term, they grow because it's based on the entrepreneurial values and systems uh, of the United States, uh, and uh, largely of democracies, but in particular, of the United States. Uh, and if you just sit and think about that for a minute, all of that makes sense. We all know it. We all remember it. Uh, we can be calm about it uh, uh, until all of a sudden uh, things are going on that just create uncertainty, confusion, uh, and wonderment. Uh, we had a wonderful client event uh, in one of our offices uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and in the middle of this, and as you would expect, uh, big concerns about, well, how does what's going on in Ukraine going to affect my portfolio? A am I going to, uh, to suffer this year? What about inflation? What about uh, job vacancies? All of the questions, and they're all legitimate, understandable questions because this is what we're hearing. This is what we're feeling. This is the cadence, the beat uh, uh, that's, uh, that's going on around us. And so to be able with our, first with our advisory team and then our broader team to be able to communicate with, with clients, okay, let's remember what this is about. It's about uh, serving your life goals. Uh, and remember that we've got a plan and that plan is to do A, B, and C. And, and let's look at where we are according to our plan. Uh, and let's remember that on average, the stock market uh, corrects 14.5% within any calendar year. And in midterm election years, 17.5%. Well, we haven't, we haven't even visited that yet. Will we visit it this year? Probably, because that's just what happens. Uh, and it's, it, it, it's not a ding on anything that's going on. It's, it's just the nature of how markets work. So very important to keep 
our eye on what is the big picture and, and to help our clients uh, keep our eye on the big picture and for advisors who are on the front line of receiving those phone calls, uh, because we all know uh, so some people are, are totally calm, maybe too calm. Uh, some people probably aren't even familiar with what the term calm means. And, uh, but they're all our clients. These are all good people uh, that we care for, that we wanna help. And uh, so the behind the scenes folks at, at Keel Point are continually, A, you know, assuring that we have the, the right mix of investments for the, the clients uh, in the big picture to help them achieve their life goals, but also to help our advisors with the clients just to remember what it's about, what we're here to do, how we're here to help them, and uh, why they can have confidence in the decisions that they have made and be at peace where this is going. We had Carl Richards on our podcast in the, in the early days, and he has this uh, metaphor of talking about being a guide, not a defender of an outdated map. And I, I love that we're hearing that more and more across the, the, the industry and more of a consciousness around, well, what does true wealth really mean to you? But as you were saying that, Steve, I was, I was struck by a question that's kind of a little bit out of the field of what we're talking about, but somewhat related. And I'd love to hear from both of you. It was like, when you're on these Zoom calls or when you are listening to a client or an advisor and maybe they're not calm, right? It's like when there's all this market volatility or something like that. And this is, when is the moment, sometimes when someone has a pause, you feel like you're ready to respond, but they haven't quite finished speaking yet. So as you've cultivated and developed this active listening, how do you determine how much silence to hold or when to respond? Like, is there a moment where you know, like they're not done or there's a practice? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, ab absolutely. And uh, I'll, I'll just, just tell you part of my uh, experience early on uh, in the business field was uh, working with uh, people whose first language is not English. Uh, and as, as much as they speak good English, uh, they're often searching for the right way to express something. And uh, if, if you're quick to jump in when there's a pause, more often than not, they haven't completed their expression, but because English is not their first language, they're timid enough not to be able to sort of jump back into the conversation and, and, and finish their thought. Uh, that isn't the case with our clients so much, but our clients for the most part are not investment professionals. And so they also are trying to formulate their questions and express their concerns. And the truth is, if, we're, if we jump too quickly, then they're not gonna feel that they were heard and what we have said, no matter how right it is, is not going to assuage their concern. So the specific answer, I, I think, Candace, is that uh, when there's a pause in the conversation, let there be a pause mm -hmm. and give them, pick your own number, the count of three, the count of five, to break the pause. And if they don't, then uh, you have a sense that it's okay 
to uh, start addressing their concern. Um, they need to feel that they've been heard so that the answer you give uh, is one that they can receive as being responsive to their concern. I think that um, the older I get, the less I, the less I say. And it's, uh, it's, it's a thing called wisdom that uh, most people really don't want you to fix things. They really want to be heard. Um, and that's one of the things that we're really working on teaching our advisors. I think the, the old school advisor is the ones that would go meet with clients and they talk to them about, uh, I want to be able to pay my bills, send my kids to college, have a portfolio, uh, a nest egg, be able to retire comfortably and maybe give some money away or maybe give it to my kids. And I think the new school, and I think part of this has really come out of the pandemic, is people have gotten very introspective and in starting to think more about life and more about wealth in a different way. And it, and it even happened to me. During the pandemic, I had this uh, experience where I just was overwhelmed and I had to sit down and I had to go back and think of all the people that had a major influence in my life and my career. And I felt like I needed to go thank them. So I did that and I called them up or I emailed them and it was, it was a very cathartic thing for me. And it was just a good, and I think that's what's happening. So more and more of our clients are, yes, we need to deal with the portfolio construction, risk tolerance and all of those things, but they're also thinking about other things, their legacy, the, their skills, how can they give back? What is, a, what is it gonna be in after halftime in the second half of their life? How can they have purpose? In fact, we went through a whole process um, in the last six months of declaring what Kill Point's purpose is. And we have a declaration of purpose, which is helping others harness wealth to live with peace and purpose. Mm. And that's really what we wanna be about. Because, and you've got to really teach advisors this as well, that it's not just about the portfolio, it's more than that. And you can really add value in caring for the families by start talking about some of these things in their lives. I feel like you started to like wrap us up just naturally, Mike, if you'd like to join our new school podcast team, you are welcome to, we would love to have you. We would love to have you, Steve, because as we close out every episode, we ask our guests what the new school means to them. And I think you did a beautiful job there. Steve, from your perspective, what does the new school mean to you? It means recognizing, uh, that things do change. And either we can be running to catch up or we can be change agents and change leaders. Uh, and to be able to recognize these really positive developments that we see in the new school. You capture them with uh, the people you have on in your uh, uh, podcast. And uh, we like working with, uh, with people who wanna make changes for good and how can we support and enable that and we think that uh, as as mike has described and as he's uh, uh, articulated uh, our purpose for what we do uh, we can we can help people achieve that 
uh, we can be leaders in an industry that depending on your experience with it uh, from outside the industry has been positive or not. Uh, there's no reason for it not to be a positive experience and there's no reason for it not to be um, giving a boost to the uh, common values and uh, goals that we uh, uh, see we see evolving in our culture. Um, that's a wonderful gift we can give and an incredible opportunity as we're willing to commit ourselves to that. Uh, so uh, we're very much believers that there is a new school uh, and that uh, there are tremendous opportunities to help people grow in ways that only in order to the benefits uh, of all of us. You know, at FICOM, we find so much fulfillment in helping to extend the impact of financial advice through new school marketing and PR. So I just want to say that you two and your entire firm at Killpoint, you're a gift. You're a gift to this industry and in how you're leading by example and demonstrating what it means to be real human, heart-centered, and heart-oriented advisors who are committed to each other in a way that we don't see as much um, in this industry anymore. And you're also such a gift to your clients. And I think that that's where we find fulfillment. We're never going to be financial advisors. We're really great communicators, and that's what we love to do. But for us to have the privilege to be able to work with Kill Point to help you get your message out to a wider audience just brings us such fulfillment because listening to you today and knowing the impact that you have on the lives of the advisors that you work alongside as well as the clients that you serve just like really drives home for me like yep this is what I why I love doing what I do so thank you so much and I know that we want to be able to tell our listeners where they can find you so um, maybe do you guys like to be connected with on LinkedIn or are there other avenues how can our listeners find you if they want to reach out well, they can find us on LinkedIn or www.killpoint.com. Um, and we're very accessible and open. And again, thank you for having us and thank you for your partnership and what you do for us and helping us achieve our goals. Thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you. And Steve, you're an active participant on Twitter. Yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> what is your handle? Uh, at Steve Skanky. Okay, beautiful. Well, thank you both. This was a very uplifting conversation, especially for us, for our listeners on Friday morning. Thank you both. Thank um, you. Go and check them out, connect with them, and tweet at Steve. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> thank you. Bye.